This is the Spraymakers Podcast, where Rossi and Trent dive deep into the world of water skiing. Today, the guys are talking about the perfect path to take while skiing. They discuss ideal path versus perceived path, and what is the actual best line to take through the pass. There's one perfect path through the, if you're talking about the course, or even if you're free skiing, there's one perfect path that you can ski that keeps that, you know, keeps that line tight, keeps you building speed into the center line and uh, provides you enough lift and swing up on the boat to be able to make tight turns that don't have slack and, hmm. um, you know, lead to all those things. So, you know, what I thought was let, let's take this episode and let's, let's kind of beat, beat up, you know, what is the ideal line? Where do people veer off of that line for what reasons and, um, and other miscellaneous things. So is, yeah. we might, we might do a little bit of random talking in, in all of this, but just kind of trying to help, uh, our listeners here to understand the line that they're trying to ski. Yeah. And yeah, so, so uh, this one fascinates me because I think it's so overlooked and I think it's, um, you know, I think it's often, you know, um, um, even, I guess what I'm trying to say, even like amazing skiers, I think some sometimes aren't accountable for where it is they're actually trying to go, where it is that the, that the, 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 the physics of this sport actually, or the, or the geometry of this sport even allows you to go, um, <clears throat> you know, so, and, the, and this kind of ties in with work zone, like, you know, where, at what point is, is, you know, work, if you will, um, beneficial, at what point is it detrimental and, in and, and there's just so much, it's all a, there's so much misperception, I think, when it comes to this, because, you know, as a skier, so from the skier's perspective, it, it feels very much like a pendulum swing. And, and that is, a and, and that, you know, that analogy as, as timeless as it is, it is, there's, there's real merit to it as long as that isn't the finish line in terms of your thought process. And, and even then to make it even more confusing is, is from the, the, the passenger's perspective, you know, sitting behind the pylon, it looks kind of pendulumy from there also. But if you, if you, you know, draw it back and you get that, you know, that hundred foot view or, or, or like, especially nowadays where drone footage is so um, standard, when you watch slalom skiing from overhead, you quickly see what the actual lines are, you know, what, what the actual skier line is. And um, so I guess this, you know, this goes, back to, you know, like you said, it's, 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 um, perceived line versus actual line. It's ideal line, you know, best available line considering, you know, you know, how much speed you're traveling and traveling with and, and all those things. So I think, you know, our, our hope, um, through this is just, to maybe just alter perspective a little bit. This is going to be, I, I think like for me personally, this is one of these, um, ideals that have, or ideas, I guess is a better word that, that have lent itself to me coming up with a lot of different, um, um, technical approaches to my skiing, mm -hmm. you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and the biggest, I guess for me, when the light bulb went off for me, when, when I started really thinking about, okay, what's the possible line or, or what is my goal here was, 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 you know, when I first started making a headway on my hardest pass, I had this sudden realization that, okay, when I'm, when I'm behind the boat, I'm in the perfect place in relation to the pylon, meaning I am the max distance away from the pylon, meaning the rope is perfectly tight. Now, when I come off the second wake, if I could just stay on that line that I've established coming into the wakes, the rope's going to stay tight. 
And if the rope stays tight, that means I'm traveling on the perfect line. I'm not coming inside that line. I'm not getting, you know, just for simplicity, I'm not getting too close to the pylon because that's what makes the line goes loose. Line goes loose, and that's also what helps rob me of some of my width, right? Because you know, if, if I'm if I'm riding this this line, and that's when the where the pendulum idea or the swing ideal is really relevant. If I'm riding that line, then I'm going to be as wide as my speed will allow. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of different ways to think about this, but I think let's kind of back it up then. So where do you think the biggest misconception is in this regard, in terms of, you know, people trying to run a line that, that the parameters of the sport really just do not allow for? Well, I mean, it's always pulling long. I mean, yeah. that's just, that's just the, Pulling long is a result of a lot of uh, things that happen prior to that desire to pull long. But the, you know, the moment, like you said, you, you did a wonderful job explaining it. You know, when you're right behind the boat, you're on the, the proper path. There isn't much more to do to stay on that path. But what ends up happening is mentally we question whether we're okay or not okay at that moment. Are we going to have enough width? Am I going to get out to the buoy? And we I'm not going to say panic, but we fear kind of, uh, overrides the clear, clear thought process. Mm-hmm. And so we pull long and, and, and the, uh, one of the things that's really tough is that there are some high level skiers that are doing this, whether you're talking pros or big dogs and they're doing it. So it can be justified that pulling long is the way, but, um, basically what you're seeing from from my perspective, at least, what you're seeing is some really talented people uh, having some weaknesses that they've been able to overcome. B- meaning, this pulling long part has they've they've established it as part of their technique, and then start to learn other techniques to try to make that less uh, diminishing effect. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So no, that's so, that's a great point. So people will just they'll they'll say, well, so and so pulls long. And, and, and they're one of the best in the world. So I'm going to pull along and it's like, okay, <laughs> I, I mean, I totally understand that, but just remember that those people that you're watching have spent the years doing, uh, perfecting that, that technique. And it's very similar to a person who slam dunks, you know, a slam dunker will tell yeah. me I have the tightest, best turn you can possibly have. And all I can see is loss of massive loss of speed, massive skids, you know, massive inefficiencies. So, you know, I think that's why you don't see slam dunking anymore because we're evolving and we're learning to, to, to run a better line, not just the line that we've accepted as the best line that we can possibly run. Yeah. So what, what and are, that's funny. Yeah, it's funny you said that. I'm going to interject really quickly. It's funny you said that though, when you said, you know, so-and-so does this and they're the best skier in the world. And, and then when, then I like to kind of turn that around. I'm like, well, so-and-so can do this because they're the best skier in the world. It's kind of like that, you know, someone would, you know, so I, I don't need a new ski. This 20 year old ski is great. Andy Mapple ran 39 on this ski. And I'm like, yeah, but you're Andy Mapple was way better than you. Right. <laughs> so I, I guess, I guess where we're going with this is, uh, and, and why I jumped in there is, is because, because like, especially when you're, when you're, when you're coming up through the learning curve, or if you're just like, you're like me, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not as, as I'm not as athletic as, you know, say Will Asher or Freddie Winter or something. So, I mean, I have to do it better. 
mm-hmm. you, you, you know, I, I have to run a better line than a lot of people because I'm not as dynamic. I'm not as my, you know, my fast switch isn't as good. Maybe my, you know, my eyesight's not as good. My reaction time isn't as, isn't as tight, especially now that I'm getting older. So, so yeah, don't, don't limit yourself. Um, because you see great skiers getting routinely getting away with mistakes, you know, try well, it's like we talked about the other day, like, look at all this young, this young batch of kids coming up and they're just doing it the right way. And that's why, you know, the, the, the scores are going through the roof. But anyway, yeah, quick, quick, uh, quick, no, no, I, I, not that quick of an aside, but an aside all the same. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. So I figured, I figured let's, I'm, I'm going to start at, uh, a hundred feet above the course, my, my version, yeah. 10,000 feet, 30,000 feet view, whatever it is. I mean, yep. ideally we want to start as high up on the boat as we can. You know, and then Mm -hmm. make a nice solid turn and be accelerating from the widest point we can in a balanced position. We want to hit our max acceleration right behind the boat, you know, right where that, where your prop wash is, you know, between the two wakes. That's the point at which we're, you know, the, we're on a solid, we're on a, we're on a tight rope. We are on the right path. And then from, from center line, we want to stay connected to the handle um, be skiing and, and, you know, be, be skiing with that handle out to the buoy line. When theoretically, when we cross the buoy line, that's the moment your outside hand comes off the handle. You allow the ski to ski away from you while keeping that rope, you know, tight in your arm, skiing all Mm -hmm. the way to max extension and then repeat. I mean, it's really, I mean, that's as simple as it is. Um, but then things happen that make it harder to ski on the ideal line. And that's one of the reasons why you and I like to hammer gates. Um, you know, because if you get a great gate, you're starting closer to this line. If you start closer to this line, it's much easier to build trust in the line. And I think that's where the the work really has to come. You got to see the line first, then you're going to have to go out there and build your trust up and that's, you know, this beginning of the season, as we're working through the season, I, I try to, I try to reflect on every set that I have and ha- not in how many buoys I ran, but how did I run those buoys? You know, I mean, obviously we all want to run our max buoy, but we got to be building up this trust so that we can, when we don't get a perfect turn, that we can still trust that we can build as the best speed we can build into the center line and then trust it out to the buoy. And mm-hmm. I think this is something that's really important. And we get a big discrepancy, um, you know, in center line and who pulls past center line and how does that work? So, you know, uh, hmm. one, uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah. Okay. okay. So I, I think like maybe the most succinct, simplest way to think about that, aspect or that, or that component is how wide you get, excuse me, how wide you get or how high up on the boat you swing is dependent upon how much faster than the boat you're going when you stop pulling. So I'm just simple, right? Um, so that's a great, first off, that's awesome. I mean, that is just, I mean, like right there, that, that's a, that's one of those ding moments, right? Like what, how fast are we going into the center line? The boat's still going, you know, for you and I, the boat's going 34 miles an hour, right? So how fast are we going when we're behind the boat? Well, I mean, physics says you can double the boat speed, you know, but we have friction, we have wind, we have lots of, well, wind is friction, but we have water tension and we have all these things. So, you know, let's just say the vision that came in my mind was that you and I were going, you know, 
58 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour. I mean, you're going considerably faster than the boat. So, all right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So, sidebar no, back into yeah. your thought. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we, you know, back to the simplest way you can think about this. So how much faster than the boat you're going when you stop pulling and, and, and start gliding, if you will, just, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about edge change. We're going to call it gliding. Um, that's what's going to determine how high up you swing and how high up you swing is, is going to determine how wide you are when you get to the buoy or when you get to your turn. Um, <clears throat> okay. So now back that up then how, how close to the center line or how close to the center of the wakes you can be when you stop pulling is going to determine how, how easy it is for you to maintain that, that same direction when you stop pulling. Cause you know, if, if, if you're still having to pull past the second wake to get enough speed to swing up on the boat, I mean, after the wakes, if, if you're still on that cutting edge, you're essentially trying to go on a, on a path or, or in a direction that the, that the rope, the boat, which is going down the lake, won't let you do. So to, to some extent, the handle is going to start to separate from your body, which is then going to cause your body to lean to the inside quicker than you want it to. And that's going to, that's going to change or alter your, your trajectory. So how fast you're going when you stop pulling, that's what determines how wide you get. How early you can stop pulling determines how, how, how much or how little separation from the handle you're going to get. So it's kind of a, you know, those two things are, are, are inarguable, you know, like, and, and everyone has their own approach to these things, but if you're just going to go simplest sense, you, you want to be going as fast as possible when you stop pulling. Also, you want to be going as fast as possible, as early as possible. So you don't have to fight the boat past the center of the wakes. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, I think even just appreciating that is, is enough to help you you know, rethink or reconsider what, what this swing, what this swing with, you know, in relation to the pylon actually, actually is. It's, I mean, I, I, I'm just like, I just want to go ski right now. I just, just (laughs) after listening to what you just said, I think it's, I mean, I, I have aspects that I need to work on in my skiing, but we can all, all start to tighten up our, our understanding of what we're trying to do and where we're trying to do it. And that's why I love the work, uh, the work zone, uh, piece we did. And, um, and now to give everybody the, the, the really big picture of this, I think it's huge, you know, the bigger discrepancy you have between changing edges right behind the boat or pulling, choosing to pull longer than that, that there is a huge component that happens in there. And I just want to go back and, and, uh, talk about, pulling long and it's, and it's, and it's a effect. So the, the way I started thinking about this a long time ago, yeah. um, to formulate this process was, you know, the buoys are 38 and a half feet out from center line. That's where the pylon is in theory, when the boat's going down the middle of the course. So at third, you know, at let, let's just say at 41 off the handles, what three, almost three feet short of, of the pile of the buoy at 90 degrees, meaning, you know, you, you got to be pretty ideal to get out and around it. Right. So if pulling long was the key, then wouldn't we pull all the way to the buoy and, and, uh, we would get our max width that way. And, and the answer is no. Like if you put the, put the rope at 41 off, I don't care what speed you decide to put it on, put the boat, uh, or put the, put the, you know, the rope on 41 off, pull out for your gates as wide as you want to be and pull all the way to buoy one, and you will not even come close to making that buoy. So pulling long does not generate width. That is no. something that your that is a total false 
uh, analogy. It is it is definitely not something that should be part of your of your um, repertoire, but it, it it's based from fear of not making the buoy. And so, you know, you also said, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, you know, like just doing the pulling drill, right? Like you just lean against the rope all the way, you know, as far as and get as wide as you could at 41 off leaning against the rope. And if the boat goes down the middle of the course, you will be going inside of every buoy that you're doing that drill on. You will never make it out there. Even at 32 off, you'd be inside the buoy line, you know? Right. So, I mean, I think people just need to, to, to really start to conceptualize that pulling long is a habit that you've formed based on other inefficiencies in your skiing. Yeah. And it's yeah. not something we want to base around. This is something we want to evolve out of. So, because, and, and because like, you know, and you had said fear of not getting around the buoys or even, or even the realization that you're not going to get around the buoys. So, cause if we decided that, you know, that width or I like to call it swing height, same thing. How high you, how high you swing up on the boat is how, you know, that's, that's a, that's going to determine your width. Um, so anyway, if width is, is a, is, is a result of, of, of speed when you stop pulling, well, some people don't have enough speed built until they're past the second wake. Ding. Right. And, and, And so it's, it's that same thing. So you go back to like skier X is like, well, skier X runs 39 and they pull, you know, Five feet past the second wake. Well, that's because they don't, they either, and this is, this is where it gets so crazy. And this is when actually coaching gets really fun. It's either because they don't have enough speed by the center of the wakes, or they don't think they have enough speed at the center of the wakes. And then like exploring that is, is what's fun as a coach. And that's what's fun as a skier too. You know, if you, if you, you know, if you try and get everything developing or if you, you, okay, I'm not going to pull past the second wake and you find yourself narrow. Well, that's not because you're not pulling long enough. It's because you're not creating enough speed on the front side or on the first side of the wake. So then that's, you know, cause and effect. Why, why don't, why don't I have enough speed? Why am I someone that has to, has to run or why am I someone that is running a line that requires me to pull 10 feet past the second wake? I mean, uh, again, that's just another ding moment right there where you really should to, I just, I'm, I'm digesting what you just dropped and it's, it's really big. And, and I really hope that people take the moment to understand what you just said, because it's, it's really important and, and perceived speed, you know, I mean, if you, if we went back in time to hand throttles where, yeah. you know, I mean, a, a good driver way back in the day, a good driver, not way back, it's not that long ago, but I guess <laughs> it, it feels like it with speed controls and stuff like that. I mean, I think I've been doing it since 93 was the first year I had perfect pass, I believe. Anyway, you know, pre, pre that a really good driver knew where you were and they were working the boat. Like they would wait for you. You know, they would actually like maybe, maybe even pull the throttle back more or, you know, and and all that, and then add more gas when you needed it to get their, to get their times, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that was, that was a real thing. And that's why, you know, back, back then you could get some huge scores with, with appropriate times because the driver was doing that. Nowadays, we've, we've just, we've decided that it's better just to have a constant speed and be able to base our skiing off of that and, and no more rerides for, you know, out of tolerance times and all of that. So way back in the day, you were probably able to pull past the second wake and still get a tight line, you know, good feeling turn. But yeah. now that we've evolved out of that and we've evolved into this new, you know, constant speed style of skiing, then you got to you got to understand that that kind of skiing is what kills you. 
And probably that's, you know, when some people, you know, say that, that, uh, they have a hard time, you know, with, with the, with the newest cruise controls and, and things like that, that I think that they're based, they base their skiing off, a of, uh, off of something that needs to evolve. So again, it wasn't, it wasn't ideal back then, but it was something that you could get away with. And now it's just, it's just something that, that the, the further you get from optimal, the more detrimental it's going to be to you. So Maybe, um, so, so how do we go from here? What do we, what do we really need to, to kind of give to people to help them? I, I loved what you said about backing up and, and really stop thinking about the fact that you don't have enough speed. So you have to pull long. Let's start thinking about how do we generate more speed so that we don't pull long, right? Like what are yes. those things? What are some of the things that, that people do that, keep them from being able to ski this line and keep them yeah. from wanting to, they like, they don't even want to try it because they don't, they don't believe that there's going to be, they're going to be able to ski it. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, the, the, the vision I have of, of that is, is someone who like, you know, I, I say like they, they live behind the boat too much during a slalom pass. Um, meaning the, the majority of their, of, of, of their moves, the majority of everything that they do is happening after the boat is already, already, you know, um, progressed ahead of them. So meaning, so we'll just go back to, just go back to, to the very start then, you know, you know, we decided we wanted to be nice and high on your gate setup. Okay. So if if you just think of it like this, you know, if, if you want max speed by the first wake, then it stands to reason that the, the that the longer your run up to the first wake is, the more speed you should you should you should have. And I think where a lot of people run into trouble and and where and and where where you know, right from the very start is is okay they're going to get nice and wide on the boat on their gate setup wonderful but because they do so in a manner that doesn't leave them with an excess or a surplus of speed over the boat speed they get to their wide point and before they even have you know, initiated the turn in, the boat's already advanced on them, thus limiting their run, you know, just to say it simply, like thus, thus limiting their run-up space. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wanted to get a, you know, when I coach some of, some of the younger kids, I'm, I'm saying like, you, you know, you, you want to be, you want to be sprinting into the wake. So like, so let's get a nice, let's get a running start, if you will. So, so, you know, um, height on the boat on that, on that initial setup, is very, very important, but equally or more important is, is the glide speed that allows you to move into that turn as the boat's moving away from you at a more controlled rate of speed. Like, so just simply put, you know, if the boat's doing 36 miles an hour and you turn in at, you know, your water speed, when you initiate your turn in is 32 miles an hour. Well, by the time the turn happens, the boat is racing away from you. You know, it's now your, your, your opportunity to create that max speed at the first wake is, is diminished. Um, where, uh, you know, you're also going to struggle to get end, your turn, struggle to get your turn. The, the load's going to hit you harder because the, the, you know, the, the disparity between your speed and the boat speed is greater. And like, that's when the battle starts. But if you can turn in, you know, I just say, you know, at 35.9 miles an hour is when you start that turn in. The boat's going away at a more controlled rate. So you're actually buying yourself time and space in terms of that run up to the first wake. So I think, I think that's the first one is when is yes, swing height or, or, or just width on your gate or height on your gate is very important, but without glide speed, 
that height is not serving you um, as well as it could be, should be. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you start slow, I've, I've always thought about it this way, whatever, when you connect to the handle, whatever speed you're going, the higher, the higher that speed is, the more, the higher your potential to, to generate speed by center line is. So, you know, I would say one of the things that, that people do that really, that, that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of as well. So don't, don't think that I'm talking down on anybody, but is to skid turns. I mean, as soon as you start pushing your ski, as soon as you start slamming a turn, as soon as you're not carving, you are losing speed. Now mm-hmm. you might have pulled long, you might have gotten straight lined right in the buoy, and yeah, you're going way too fast at the wrong trajectory to try to make a turn. So you kind of have to make that turn, but that is all a result of how you're choosing to ski your line. Or you know, obviously, when you get to your hardest passes, sometimes that that's going to happen. But I think people um, put so much emphasis on turning hard, turning 90, turning the mm-hmm. smallest possible turn they can and not thinking about their line and, and trying to do what, what I'm really trying to do is take as much speed as I can as I'm, as I'm swinging up into the turn. I'm just trying to be an extension of that rope, you know, extend that ski away from me. I know where the boat is. I know where the handle is. I know where my, 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 the hand that has my handle has the, I, I can tell where the line's going to be tight. And then right there, what I'm trying to do is drop into a term where my feet are light. My body is moving in the direction I want to go as in I'm, I'm falling in and toward, I'm stepping in and towards the boat, the skis arcing through, and then I'm, I'm hooking my outside free hand back on the handle. And hopefully at that moment that I, the line is tight at that moment that my hand comes on and I'm going, and I've lost as little speed as possible in relation to the boat. Right. And I think that's, that's the thing that you talk about so well, that is, is really important. I don't always think of it exactly that way, but I, but I love, I love that that's starting to become my way of thinking. And so if I can start with more speed, I can generate more speed, but like, it just seems like people get caught up in this backwards thinking, right? Backwards thinking always like, well, I have to pull on, then I have to turn hard. Then I have to, you know, I have to slam my turn to make it happen. And, and yeah, I can, I can make this happen, but why am I stuck it to it? You know, whatever pass it is, it's always two, right? Like, yeah. So yeah, I, I like the way that you're backing that up. Like you gotta, you gotta take your speed into this. You know, I, I remember listening to, uh, Andy Mapple's DVD and, uh, at the time I was really having a hard time understanding what he was saying because he was saying something about like, I go 10 out of 10 through the, through the gate. Right. And so yeah. what, what did we all go out and do? We all turned and pulled as hard as we could pull mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as hard as we could pull. And, and at that time we were probably pulling longer than center line. And then you stand up and you go flying by one ball with no chance to turn and the speed actually isn't speed that gave you width and earliness. It actually shot you right into the, right into the gate. And so, or into yes. the buoy, right? Okay. So, so then, and I'm going to ask you a question. Um, first, so, and, and Wade Cox used to, when I was a kid skiing with him, it would be the same thing. He'd be like, you know, don't, you can't sneak up in our gates. You got to own your gates. And, 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 and that was, you know, and, you know, maybe perhaps Mabel and Coxie both weren't digging deep. They just knew, that they attacked their gates. And, and so for most of us that translated to just turning and pulling our guts out. 
uh, which isn't what they were doing necessarily. Um, okay. So back, back to what you were saying about the gates then. So, so tell me then like, why do some, why do, are some people forced to sneak in on their gates as careful as careful could be? And if they don't, they're, they, they say they're flying at one. Like, well, because that's common, right? It's super common. Uh, I would say that they never developed any speed on their pullout mm-hmm. to to have what you call, you know, excess speed or more speed than the boat to be able to glide up into into that that highest realm of your glide. So you get people who um, I'm just going to paint a picture, right? They start they start their pullout from about middle of the spray of the boat, which is let's say 15 feet outside of the left hand wake. Yep. Okay. So they're out wide, the line's tight. They start their lean, they're leaning, they're leaning, they're leaning, they're leaning. They stand up. And the moment they stand up, they have no excess speed. Mm-hmm. They're not wide on the boat. And so what, what you see that that skier do is they realize I don't have very much speed. If you don't have speed, you can't drop in just like on a bike, right? Exactly. If you don't have speed on a bike, you are turning your handlebars versus leaning the bike and arcing like a motorcycle can, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so when you don't have that speed, you're up there and you have such small tolerances for movement because you don't have balance. You don't, the speed, you can't balance because you don't have enough speed. Your ski is trying to dump you. So mm-hmm. these people have to be very guarded and very slow and very easy to get that ski to go in order for it to even function at all. Okay. Yes. So, and then when they hit exactly what we've said earlier in this, in this, uh, episode, like that when they get to, when they're approaching the wakes, they realize I do not have enough speed to get out there. Right. So then they're going to pull long and come up. And if that same skier turns in to a, to a more aggressive line, turns into a, in, into trying to build more speed, they're going to get shot up on the boat in a, in a, in the wrong trajectory because they never had the speed to get going. They never got their ski turned and they just never got in a proper alignment. So, so then, then compare that to, well, you know, and, and that's why it's so fascinating for me, man. I could do that. I could talk about this for, um, Days hours, hours, let alone 40 minutes, um, <laughs> every Monday with, with, with everyone. But, um, and that's why you have, well, we have Mapple saying, I attack my gates 10 out of 10. You have, you have Wade Cox who always said, I attack my gates. Um, you know, and, and I have, you know, myself saying I am turning in on my gates as hard and as, and, and as fast as possible. I am, I'm attacking the turn in, but on the same note, I'm, you know, the last thought I have is when I swing into that turn is then I'm trying to stay invisible. I'm not trying to load at all, you know? So I think that's the difference between just, you know, I'm, you know, I'm attacking the gates in terms of I am whipping that turn around, you know, I'm trying to get as much angle as quickly as possible. So I don't have to load the rope. So I don't have to fight. So I can just then just relax and ride this max angle into the first wake. Um, That's really important. Yeah. And if, and, and, but the majority of people sneak in on their gates. And again, if you understand the necessity and just like, like you're saying, Rossi, when you're going, the slower you're going, the more careful that turn has to be because your, 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 your base, your ski will not support that support you moving your mass to the inside. So, so let's just say you pull out and you're never going faster than the boat. You quickly start slowing down at a, at a, you know, at a, at a, at a, at a, at a quick rate. Now, if you, swing your, your center mass to the inside to try and do a proper turn. Like I'm trying to do, you're going to fall on the rope so hard and get so much load that you're not going to be able to hold your direction anyway. So if you, Mm -hmm. if you find yourself 
if your best gates are the ones that you turn in as easy as possible, then then maybe you can start exploring like why are you required to do that? Because we've already discussed, you know, that how limiting it, that can be. And even if it even if it's just like, well, look, man, I run I run thirty five off. Well, okay, but if you were on a line that facilitated thirty eight off, perhaps that ceiling w- would rise a little bit. So it's it's I think appreciating where it is you're really trying to go and, 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 and embracing how limiting being forced to pull past a second wake to get adequate speed to, to get your width. If you appreciate how, how uh, detrimental that, that inarguably is, you know, the longer you have to pull past the center line, the more you're going to separate the, 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 the quicker that trajectory is going to swing down the lake. Um, Start exploring it. See, see, you know, just what if you had ten percent more speed on on your gate glide? What if you were just a little bit wider at the point of turn in, not at the, not at the, you know, a lot of people get nice and wide on their gate setup, but but they're not, you know, they're not going faster than the boat, so they don't maintain that width anyway. You know, what if you were just a few degrees higher, feeling like you were a few miles an hour faster? Maybe that maybe that would even just start backing your edge change up, you know, so it's at least closer to the second wake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that, and that, and that's the thing you got to start, you got to start by seeing it and then you've got to start by building up your trust. One of the things that just jumped out in my head was when people say, you know, they, they don't want, they, they don't want speed at one, right? Like I don't want, yeah. I don't want to come into the first buoy feeling like I'm too fast. Well, what is that? Right. Yeah, well, exactly. the, the sensation of speed into the buoy is a lack of space and a lack of direction. Okay. Yes. When you're actually going insanely fast into your gate and you edge change, you're actually going to feel very slow and drawn out as you come mm-hmm. to the buoy because you're on a high, what, what a snow skier would call a higher line. Yeah. You're giving yourself so much more room for error to choose where to finish, when to finish and all of that. The longer that you pull past center line, the more that you get pulled up into the inside of your handle path, Basically, if you were to to say it, like draw it, you know, draw it, draw it so that you're, you pull five feet past the center line. Then basically right after that, you're going to hold on to that handle for just a wee bit, but you're going to start getting pulled to the inside. So the initial reaction is to let go of that outside hand. Mm-hmm. The moment you let go of your outside hand, your ski is not arcing anymore. It's going to take a straight line. Okay. So you can, you can, you can extend your body to create a little bit of an arc, but you're going to take a straight line. So most people that pull long, then come up, they don't ride the handle and they really have a hard time understanding when we talk about, say with two hands on the handle after the wakes, they can't do that because they've already been pulled to the inside so hard. You got to let go of the outside hand. Now you're straight lining right at the buoy. You don't have rope tension. You don't, you're just basically riding a, you're, you're basically riding without a rope and without anything, and you're going to extend. And then you're going to like at the apex, you basically are going to hope and pray that you make the turn that gets you into the rope with, with as little slack as possible. Okay. Whereas, so, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, and right from there then, so at the apex, you know, like you said, you're on a straighter line, your reach has actually created a little bow in the line, you know, because exactly. you're not while you were reaching, you weren't still, you still weren't, you weren't still traveling outbound, which would, which, which would have kept the rope cable tight. You know, you're actually skiing away from the handle, ideally, but but the scenario you're saying, pulling long, tipping to the inside, running straight, the reach is actually going to create a little bow in the the rope. So 
Now, what are you going to do to tighten that rope? What's, what's, what's the, at, what's the only thing that, that you can do to tighten the rope? Slow down as quickly as possible. And what happens then? The boat gets ahead of you. What happens then? The boat tightens the rope for you. So, so that's why these mistakes can be hidden because, okay, all I did was, you know, crank this turn, push on my back foot or slam dunk or, or however, but okay, the rope got tight. I got this nice quick load immediately, but the boat is so far ahead of you now, just like as if you were narrow and slow on a gate. Now you're run up to the wakes for the next buoy has been, has been curtailed. It's, 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 it's shrunk on you. Mm-hmm. So now we're in this vicious cycle, right? Your opportunity to, to now swing high at two and, and run this line, what we're talking about is, is, is diminished, you know, maybe by four ball, you know, and, and that's like, like a lot of people will relate to this, you know, if I can just get out of one and two, then dot, 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 you know? And so what is that? Well, you're trying to establish swing height um, as the pass goes along. Which and, is speed. And, yeah, exactly. Which is, yes, exactly. And, and think about how limiting that is. Think about on your hardest pass, you know, like, if I can just get out of one and two, well, you know, eventually that rope's going to get short enough or the boat speed is going to get fast enough that getting out of one and two just isn't an option with the line that you may currently be running. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it's a, I loved, I loved it. I loved it. You're, you're just painting these, you're ta- you're able to take these things that happen and paint a picture that just very precisely says what you need to say. And I, I think that's really important. And the other thing I just wanted to shoot back to on the gate is, when, when, when we are talking about going 10 out of 10 on the gate, that does not mean that our arms are bent. That does not mean that we're pushing on our ski. That does not mean that we are trying to pull the boat backwards. That's none of that is actually it. What we're trying to, when we're saying 10 out of 10, that means we're up on the boat where we have more speed than the boat right before the boat and myself match, I'm starting to roll in. I'm allowing my speed to be what rolls my ski on edge. You know, my body falling to the inside, my skis follows. I I ski right into a nice tight rope. And then what am I working on right there? I'm working on arms straight, letting them out. Um, I'm working on, you know, um, just trusting whatever lean that I have that I can build from, from the widest point to that center line. I am not trying to pull the boat backwards to reach a 10 out of 10. That is not Mm -hmm. what we're talking about. And it's very important that you understand this because if not, you're going to go out there and you're going to go flying by one ball. Like we, what the picture we painted earlier. Okay. It's not about that, but it's about being up there, being confident in your stance, being tall, allowing your body to fall forward into the inside, allowing that ski to turn. When you feel like you've reached your stacked position or your, um, you know, you've got, you've got your, you're in that nice solid position. Then from there to the wake, yes, you're going to use, you're going to, you're going to feel like you're extending yourself and leaning, but it doesn't need to be max lean or anything, but we're trying to build into the center line. And then whatever you have right there, that's enough. And then we're going to start to come up out of it. So I just want to make sure we did also paint that little bit of a picture. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That, that, and that was why, you know, coaches in the, or even to, you know, someone like, like Coxie or, or Andy Mappa, like just, you know, 10 out of 10 own your gates, dominate your gates. That can be, that was so easily misconstrued. But if, I don't, for me, if, if that, <clears throat> if that gate turn in feels awkward, if that gate turn in, um, feels slow, feels hitchy, throw more speed at it. Um, you know, not for the, and that's where I would start. I, I, I you know, when I, 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 excuse me, when I start getting people moving towards running these lines, step one for me is always 
more speed in your gait glide. And, and, and then after you're comfortable there, then you can add a little bit more swing height. You know, the higher up in the boat you get, the more difficult it is to maintain a tight line on that gait setup. But just, just try pulling out, you know, 10% more energy. See what, you know, see how, what the result is in terms of a, how sweeping your gait turn in is, and then B where that edge change starts happening. And if you can start backing it up, backing it up, because the, you know, this isn't about right or wrong. It's about, it's about best available, if you will. You know, it's not, it's, it's not like if you pull five feet past the second wake, well, you might as well pack it in. It's not, it's not about that, but it's, it's about, about inching towards, understanding and inching towards a more and more and more ideal line. 